The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Marketing at Lightspeed with your host, Ethan Raziel. Many companies don't even know where to start when it comes to marketing and PR. That's why we're here right now. Get ready to learn the secrets that experts have known for years. We'll cover everything from social media to your website. Can you hear the sales growing? Now, here's Ethan Raziel. And good evening. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it might be, depending on what time zone you're in. We do have listeners all over the world, and we are live all over the world here on the Marketing at Lightspeed program. I'm Ethan Raziel, and I'll be your host. I want to start by thanking Carpenter Group. Carpenter Group is sponsoring the show. Well, they make it possible. Carpenter Group is providing the recording studio that I'm using, and I recommend you check out Carpenter Group. They are a full-service branding and web design firm, carpenternyc.com. After you see their website, you will come to believe that your own website is awful. That's what happened when I went to their website. So check it out. So if you don't know who I am yet, because you might be new listeners, and we are getting new listeners each week, I head up Lightspeed Public Relations. Not coincidentally, the same, very same light speed that this show is named after. But before that, I spent a number of years as a reporter with Gannett. You may know, publishes many newspapers, including USA Today. I also spent a number of years with Samsung Electronics, where I was communications director. And more than 10 years with Edelman Public Relations, one of the largest PR firms in the world. One of our one of our uh, past guests was a colleague of mine there. Now, why do I mention all this? I've worked with a bunch of big companies, and I was a little frustrated with the bureaucracy that those large organizations had. Made it possible for me to do what I love, which is marketing. It's what you love if you're listening to this show. So I created Lightspeed to break through that bureaucracy to let me do what I love more quickly, more efficiently, without being held up. And I've learned a lot over the few years that I've been doing it, so I'm going to share some of that wisdom with you, the listener. Now, this is, uh, I think this is week five. And I'm actually really excited about tonight's show, because on tonight's show, we're going to talk about how to bring your brand to life, how to make it real, how to make it really come to life in person. And that's through events, through trade shows, and through brand marketing. And we're going to have two amazing guests that will be joining us in a few minutes to tell you about some of the secrets and some of the tips and some of the things that they've learned with their companies. One of those guests is Linda Musgrove, and she, is, she has one of the coolest titles I've ever heard. She is the Innovation Experience Director at AARP. And by the way, AARP does not stand for what you think it does, and we'll get to that. And uh, Linda is also the founder of Trade, uh, Trade Show Teacher, among other things. Uh, also joining us is Cheryl Seitz, who has held senior leadership positions at Apple, at 
Samsung, a few companies you may have heard of, Symantec. Uh, she uh, is now with Mode Media, which is actually one of the largest media companies in the world. So she's going to talk to you about that. So they'll be joining us after the break, and uh, I'm going to jump in in a minute with some tips of my own. But before I do that, here's how you can reach me, the phone number to call. I'd love to hear from you. The number is 866-472-5790. You can email me at ethan at lightspeedpr.com. I'm on Twitter at Ethan Raziel. That's R-A-S-I-E-L. And I would love for you to check out my company's website, and that is lightspeedpr.com. So each week I like to, before I interview my guests, I like to give you some tips, some of the knowledge that I've accumulated over the years. And the first tip I'm going to share with you is something that actually really came into focus for me pretty recently, and that is know your history, know what happened before. Matt, can you play that clip? I want to know absolutely everything that's happened up to now. Well, let's see. First, the Earth cooled, and then the dinosaurs came. But they got too big and fat, so they all died, and they turned into oil. And then the Arabs came, and they bought Mercedes-Benzes. And Prince Charles started wearing all of Lady Di's clothes. I couldn't believe it. He took her best summer dress out of the closet, and he put it on and went to town. Things sure haven't changed. By the way, I have a little contest tonight if you recognize that clip, and I think a lot of you will. The first person to call or email or tweet or whatever, I've got a prize for you. But that clip really summarizes the approach that I want you to take, although not, not quite to that such a comedic extent. But when you take on a new assignment, it might be a new client, it might be a new project, know the history. When I have a new client, I want to know, they've existed before, they worked with me, I want to know what they did before. And it's counterintuitive. It's not the first thing you think of. You think it's a fresh slate. Let's start clean. Let's start over. Forget the past. We're here to rock. We're here to roll. Let's just get going and move forward, right? Well, you have to know what was done in the past. You have to know what worked before, what didn't work before. So find that out. If you don't know what what, uh, happened before you were there, you're going to be at a disadvantage. Maybe the CEO doesn't like an idea that you want to do because they tried it before and it was a massive disaster then. Or maybe it was something that, that, that they loved that you should be doing again. So do your homework. Next tip I want to share with you is, this is a little bit more general. This isn't just so much about marketing, but I want you to be a little more mysterious. I think we live in an age of over-transparency. And I was on the subway coming, uh, coming over here tonight, and if you live in New York City, Say it with me, when you're on the train and it just stops randomly in the middle of the tunnel, what do they say to you? They say, we're being held by the train's dispatcher, right? Or there's train traffic in front of us. They give you this kind of vague explanation, and I used to be very frustrated by that. Tonight, never happened before. The train conductor went into a long diatribe. He's like, listen, let me just tell you what's going on. I couldn't believe it. I swear this happened. He goes, first of all, there's a Yankee game. And everything's all snarled up. Second, there was an incident earlier tonight. And third of all, look, it's rush hour anyway. So it's going to take a while. And he kind of went on actually for a while with all, the, all these details. 
And I, at the end, I was like, you know what? I was fine before. I actually don't really need to know all that. Just tell me there's going to be a delay. When you're doing marketing, don't overshare. Leave a little mystery behind it. I had a client that wanted us to copy him on every email. If you're listening, you know who you are, Scott. And it really took all the, what, marketing is not just a science, it's, it's an art to it. And when you really show how the sausage is made, it really takes the magic away. Don't do it. I even tell people, when you send an email and it says this was sent from an iPhone, delete that. No one needs to know if you're at your desk or not. Make it a mystery whether you're at your desk or not. I'm going to share one of my best secrets ever. I'm not even sure if I want to. Yeah, I think I want to share this one. One of my best secrets ever. If you're like me, you're probably sometimes going to be working at midnight or 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. I'm a night person. It might happen. And you're going to want to send emails. If you're using Outlook, set it to delay. I don't think Google could do this, but Outlook can do it. And what that means is that email, you can make it actually, you click send at 2 a.m. and it gets sent at 8.30 a.m. the next morning. Nobody knows when you actually sent that email. They think you're at your desk bright and early. If you're sending emails late at night, you don't look like you're a hard worker. You look like you have bad time management skills and like you have no life. So don't do it. Don't be like me and send an email and, and advertise that you were working in the middle of the night. I stopped doing that. You should stop doing that. Leave a little mystery. I'm going to give you one more tip and then we're going to go to break and we're going to have our first guest and that is get with the program on social media. Now I know this is a little bit contradictory to what I just said about an age of over-transparency, but stay with me. I'm not talking about sharing pictures of your cat, although I've done that. I'm not talking about sharing pictures of what you ate for dinner, although I've done that too. I'm talking about contributing valuable content to the conversation. So if you're on Twitter or LinkedIn, especially, contribute in a meaningful way. Provide advice, provide tips, provide insight, provide intelligence, provide feedback. I had a guest on the show a few weeks ago, let's call him Kevin, because that's his name. And he said, you know, Ethan, I'm just really not up with the whole Twitter thing. And I said, Kevin, you got to get on Twitter. He's like, yeah, but I don't have time to read all those posts. I said, that's okay. You don't have to read them. Just post. Just share some cool and interesting content and information about the kind of stuff that you tell me in person. People will love it and people will follow and people will, will tell their friends and forward and retweet and all that stuff. Before you know it, people will be hanging on your every word. It happens. So I want you all to think about that. Social media is not for just sitting and scrolling and reading. It's for contributing and giving back. That's what I'm trying to do here with the Marketing at Lightspeed program, and that's what my guests are going to help me do. And you're going to hear from the first of those guests when we come back right after this. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdelivered? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name, by the way. 
we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Tune in to Insights and Strategies with Barbara Lang for a look into the issues that matter to you, such as economic growth and stability, quality education, strong neighborhoods, and accountable leadership. We'll also highlight leadership today, how it can be strengthened, and how it impacts your community. Insights and Strategies is heard live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. And we are back. It's me, your host, Ethan Raziel, and I appreciate your being with you on here in New York City, an absolutely beautiful evening. If you are just joining us, then you screwed up because I gave you some really interesting stuff in that first segment, but the good news is it's not too late. Get on iTunes, and you can download that podcast tomorrow. But now, we're actually going to really add some excitement because we have our first guest and it is Linda Musgrove. Linda Musgrove. Linda, appreciate you being here. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Linda, I've known you for quite a few years. We've worked together. We've intersected more than once and it's, uh, it is a real honor to have you with us. So I already know the answer to this question, but for the benefit of our guests, what is your background, and, and by the way, I should have, should have mentioned at the top that uh, Linda is with AARP. And Linda, what's your background and what's the journey you took to get to AARP? Well, I've been very fortunate in my career to have had a lot of different professional experiences, and they've all led to my dream job as AARP's Innovation Experience Director. This is a role where I get to leverage my expertise in marketing, PR, trade shows, events, <laughs> and even design and art direction. So, as you can imagine, my background is very diverse and unique. Uh, and I landed at AARP when they became a client of my former trade show consulting firm, Trade Show Teacher. And I just I got to say, I produced several events for them. We did a program launch, and by that time, I had totally drank the Kool-Aid, and I didn't hesitate to jump at the offer to work for AARP and, you know, just making an impact on society um, for older adults. It was 
really life changing to go to their <clears throat> to their trade show, their national member event, and meet with members and just be so moved. And you know, I actually moved literally from Florida to DC to um, to work for them. So it is a truly inspirational. It's a truly inspirational organization, and it was great to be able to to go see your headquarters in D.C. last week. And uh, I do have yeah. to say, as I said at the top of the show, I think your, your title is one of the most interesting ones. Did you, was that a job that existed that you applied for, or did you create that, or how did that, how did that come about? I started out at AARP as the IT experience director, and um, the way it evolved was, um, as I did those projects, that I had mentioned, I did a couple of trade shows with um, the IT department specifically where they had a booth and they had things like a whiteboard in the booth. I was like, guys, come on, can't be doing that. You're the tech department. So (laughs) they (laughs) had a 30 by 40 booth and I... They seriously had a whiteboard in the booth? They really really had a whiteboard in the booth? (laughs) Yes. I found it online and I had to use it. When I was pitching for... (laughs) For the consulting gig, I put that front and center. I was like, that can't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, it was a lot of fun. And so at starting out as IT experience director, as I mentioned, and then um, we created the innovation team. And as that was created, the inspiration for the innovation experience director came from my role. Um, but <clears throat> I stayed... Excuse me. I stayed with IT for quite a while, and then I was able to join the innovation team. I applied for that job and just love it. And as I said, yeah, and it is a cool job. And by the way, that's a great lesson for everybody that there's many roads you can take to find your dream. I love that you call it your dream job, and everybody should have their – I have my dream job too, and everybody should get theirs. Even though, of course, I got it by hiring myself, but <laughs> the, the fact that you that you got it the way you did, you you created your own company, and then one of your clients hired you. That's awesome. I love that. So I want to yeah. talk a little bit more about AARP. And as I as I kind of teased at the top of the segment, I just realized this. I thought that AARP stood for the American Association for Retired People, but that's not correct, is it? We are. We stand for real possibilities. The RP right. is real possibilities. And, and, and I, I read somewhere that, that, uh, that the, uh, the word retired is, is not even part of it anymore, that it's been officially, that it sort of doesn't stand, the, a, the, the, the R stands, yeah, real possibilities, but it's like a KFC where it's not Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. So right, what, yeah. what's changed about AARP? I mean, for, for, this is a really interesting challenge for marketers. How do you change the perception of such an organization that's been around for so many decades? Well, I'll start by saying that we are not just about discounts, because that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> but yeah. um, AARP is actually a very progressive social impact organization, and we provide boomers and seniors with tools and resources and a voice to address issues that impact them. And um, now AARP has taken another bold step forward for our members through our innovation initiatives. And um, our objectives there are we're reimagining the future of our business. You know, when you look at, um, in terms of business models, value creation, 
and the type of partnerships that we pursue. We're also fostering a culture centered on progress and learning through experimentation, iteration, and agile decision-making. And um, we're, we're training all the staff to uh, learn these innovation behaviors and um, framework so they can apply it to their everyday work. And then we're also uh, building new solutions for older adults um, through our innovation process. So there'll be a lot of exciting projects that we'll be able to announce and new um, programs coming up soon that I'll be able to talk about. I can't wait to learn more. Now, you mentioned that uh, you created a company before you were with AARP that specialized in trade shows. Um, what, what was the name of that company again, Linda? Trade Show Teacher. Yeah, Trade Show Teacher, right. And so uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. Uh, everybody does, well, not everybody, but a lot of people do trade shows. So do you have any tips that you can share with our listeners on how to improve besides don't do a whiteboard in your booth? But what are some other things <laughs> that people should do to make their trade shows and their, their booths more effective? I have a lot of tips, but... Um I will give you my top three and take it from there. Um, first one is never, as in ever, pass out the golden media opportunity that a trade show delivers. Um, media are there to learn about the latest and greatest products, so take advantage of it. They want to meet with the exhibitors. So one thing that I always recommend is to ask the show, your show contacts if they can provide the press list. And sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, but it never hurts to ask. And um, sometimes it's even on the website, so um, just do a little research for it. Number two would be to always look for show award opportunities to submit for, particularly at larger shows, but any show could have an awards program. And since this is often overlooked by exhibitors, your chances of winning are pretty good or even receiving some type of recognition. And yeah, um, I know a lot of those awards, everybody who submits gets some kind of recognition automatically, right? So it's a no-brainer to do those. Yeah, yeah. And nobody knows the, you know, the people that see the award. They don't know that you know, everybody receives recognition or um, that maybe only two people submitted and <laughs> you know, they automatically won. So... Um, yeah, always submit for award opportunities. And um, you can typically the information is on the website, but it's not always prominent. So sometimes you have to search for it. And a lot of times it'll be in an area that's for exhibitors. And um, it could be you may have to log in and you could see it, or it may just be in an area on the page where they provide information for exhibitors that want to. Um, sponsor. And then thirdly, please don't use the fishbowl approach for collecting leads. Oh, um, do people still do that? <laughs> this is like, that's the worst. For me, yeah. I shake my head when I'm walking down the aisles and see that. And uh. um, so this is when people drop their cards in a bowl, everybody drops their cards in a bowl, or when every person that walks by the booth gets scanned. Same type of thing. 
And unless the goal of exhibiting is awareness or to build a newsletter list or something along those lines, it's not a good strategy. And trust me, your sales teams are never happy with a pile of unqualified leads. So, so what, you know, how do you qualify those leads? I mean, how, what should you do instead of the fishbowl approach? One of the things that I highly recommend is to have um, qualifying questions on the lead forms. And then that not only identifies a good lead, but it also gives the sales team data to work with for their follow-up calls and activities. Ah, yeah, I like it. Yep. Those so are my top three. Those are your top three. Okay. Uh, do, so does trade show helpers still exist or have you kind of put that in hibernation since you got uh, this other gig now? Oh, no, that went into hibernation. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm fully focused on AARP. Right. As well you should. You've got a lot to, you've got a lot to do there. Got a so, lot on my plate and I love it. Uh, Linda, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to get advice or if they want to learn more about AARP, what is the best way to do that? Um, can email me at lmusgrove at aarp.org. All right. Uh, that is great. That's great stuff. We are going to go take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our second VIP superstar guest to share more interesting content with you. Stay with us. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. 
We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. It's a pleasure to have you with us on this beautiful June evening. You are listening to Marketing at Lightspeed with your host, Ethan Raziel. It's been a pretty interesting show so far. I've learned a lot. And if you're just joining us, you should download the rest on iTunes. But now I want to introduce our second guest of the evening, and that's Cheryl Seitz. And Cheryl is the VP of Marketing at Mode Media, which is actually one of the largest media companies in the world. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Hi, Ethan. Thank you. Nice to be here. So, Cheryl, your background is really interesting. Linda's was too, and, and so is yours. You've worked with, with Apple. You've worked with Samsung. You've worked with Symantec. Uh, before we talk a little bit more about Mode, let's go back in time and tell us how you ended up at Mode. Okay. Well, like Linda, I feel blessed that I've had a number of opportunities in my career to work for leading brands and some amazing business leaders. Um, I started out my career working in consultancies, and um, I was running Byte Communications as managing director. And I've also had the chance through my consultancy work to work for you know companies of all size, mid-sized companies and entrepreneurs, as well as working in corporates, Apple and Samsung and Symantec, as you pointed out. Um, so I feel really fortunate that I, I've been able to, like, try a lot of different things in my career, and I'm now at a point where maybe I have the chance to choose more. Um, and I was attracted to Mode because, you know, I've worked in media my entire career, um, but I've never worked in a media company. And the digital media in my lifetime, in my career, it's transformed publishing. It's transformed the way that, the way that, com- that brands communicate from you know, one to many to splintered channels across the internet. And it's fascinating. And, you know, I was drawn to get to know it better. I had this amazing opportunity come up at Mode. Mode's a top 10 media company, a lifestyle publisher in the U.S. It has an amazing product. And, you know, I love the product. And like many people, I definitely do my best work when I love the product. And um, I had the opportunity to work with a super smart founder, CEO, and and a great CMO here at, at Mode. That was all appealing and, and part of the package. Yeah, well, you're very fortunate to have found yourself in that position, and they're fortunate to have found you uh, accordingly. And uh, I'm glad, too. And, and, and by the way, there's some interesting symmetry here I should mention. Uh, I was sort of reflecting on this, that, Cheryl, you and I intersected once before, of course, some years back when, when you were at Symantec and, and I was at Edelman, and Symantec was a client of Edelman's. And uh, you're a client uh, now of mine, and, and Linda was a client in the past and, and is one again now. So uh, it's kind of interesting how, how things uh, loop around that way, and uh, I hope it, hope it continues that way. So, uh, Cheryl... You spent uh, some years at Apple, and I understand that you were there when Steve Jobs was CEO. So, I just read uh, Isaacson's. Well, I just read Isaacson's book, and it's it's fascinating and it's it's amazing. And I wanted to ask you what what your experience was with Steve, and did he teach you about marketing, or did you teach him, or or what was the exchange of information like there? Well, I'd like to say it was a mix of both. 
I mean, Steve definitely was a very strong marketer, you know, where you look at a company like Apple that's driven by marketing and you look at a company like Google that at least before was driven by engineering. I think, I think it's changed a bit since then. But I started working with Apple around the time that Steve had just come back into the company after his exile. And so I saw a time, I was there during a time of tremendous growth and just tremendous, you just saw a brand go from a position where Microsoft had invested and people were questioning the future of Apple to, you know, Steve coming back in the company, rejigging the product line. You know, at the beginning when I worked at Apple, they were still making printers and cameras, the Quick Take, the Newton. You know, I worked on some of those early products. And, um, and went to a time where, you know, Steve came in and reinvented the product line and simplified everything. And we went out in the world with the iMac, you know, and then the iPod, a thousand songs in your pocket. You know, what does that mean for consumers who are using a Walkman? Or, you know, how is technology changing the way we live? And um, in terms of what I learned from Steve about marketing, I, you know, my top two are, are pretty clear. The first is focus. We were very focused. You know, we said no many, many more times than we said yes. And I think, you know, the marketing should always line up underneath the business strategy. And Steve had a crystallized focus that was largely around products. You know, real, Apple really is, was product-driven, is product-driven, not brand-driven. It's obviously a hugely valuable brand, but I think that is because of the success of the products and the quality of the products and the popularity of the products, which in part comes back to marketing. Um, so focus, you know, being very focused, aligning your marketing strategy with your business strategy and not being afraid to say no. That was the first one. I think the second one I would say is attention to detail. You know, the flawless execution that you see around Apple's brand from everything from, you know, advertising and printed yep. material right the way through to events. I mean, when we did events, the level of detail, it, you know, I, it was just, you know, it was pretty phenomenal. I learned a lot about, about that that I've carried into my work, I think, throughout my career. It's been hugely valuable. Flawless execution and the value of that. The other one, I think, is probably lesser known about Apple um, is that, you know, Apple invests a lot in briefing reporters, briefing influencers, briefing journalists and, and bloggers. And the value of those face-to-face -face interactions, I think, can't be underestimated. And I've worked for quite a few hardware companies, you know, in my day. And I've seen companies... You know, send out product, even expensive product, and just hope that a reporter writes about it. And I think the value, it's harder than ever to get, you know, a journalist out of the office to look at a product, but I think the value of those, and making those meetings important, and the value that you get from those meetings, it's, you can't underestimate it. And Apple, you know, Apple yep. is, is great at really investing in briefing reporters and building those relationships. And that's a lesson, I think, that, that we all try to aspire to. And actually, there's something that I learned from Apple that I tried to put into my thinking about marketing, and that is the way that Steve would say, we're not going to do a focus group because customers, consumers, they don't know what they want. And I don't know if this is a true quote. Maybe you can tell me, Cheryl, but I, I read that he was quoted as saying that if Henry Ford had done a focus group about cars, people would say they wanted faster horses because they don't know to ask for this new thing that doesn't exist yet. And that's our job is, especially those of us in the technology business, to tell people about the things that they don't know they want. Yeah. And I think Steve was particularly genius at 
um, grabbing onto existing technologies but integrating them in products or using them in different ways so that, you know, a lot of times it would seem that Apple was first to market with a technology where maybe they were adopting it and using it differently than another company. Right. That's the genius. Okay, so... Yeah, and to flip that question, yeah, do you want uh-huh. me to flip it to what I, I taught him? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, I'd love to hear that, please. <laughs> so, I mean, I was, one of the things I think that was really, really important in my time at Apple was to help the team in Cupertino understand that local marketeers know their market best. You have to listen to the local team. So an example of that would be, you know, I worked on the launch of the first Apple retail stores in a number of countries, um, including in Italy. And we were launching the first store in Rome, and, you know, the, the, the retail team in Cupertino under Ron Johnson at the time, you know, they were really looking to me and my team to guide them on local customs and local things that would, would impact or flavor the launch of Apple's first retail store in Italy. So, for example... Um, it was it was Lent. It was a time of Lent in April, you know, the Easter holiday, and you know there was a lot of you know concern about how do Italian people shop during Lent? You know, do shopping behaviors change during a Christian holiday in Italy? And it, and I think you know if a market is telling you that something works or doesn't work in that country, you need to listen. You know, local markets do know their market best. And I think um, I helped bring a lot of that to light, particularly around the retail team at Apple. Well, good for you. And that's that's a great lesson and something we all need to embrace. Um, Okay, I want to get... Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say for retailers in particular, you know, if you're rolling out your retail brand um, across the world and across different geos, it's super important to understand, you know, local customs and traditions and how they intersect with with retail shopping. Yeah, you know, I, I had a client the other day. They said... Well, we want to we want to do a program in Europe, and I have to say, you know, Europe is not a culture or a country. Europe is many, many countries with many, yeah. many cultures. So that's a, that's a common issue. So uh, I'm sure you've you've lived and breathed that many times. But uh, uh, before we uh, run out of time, I want to make sure to really talk about mode. Uh, I want uh, to ask you, Cheryl, to tell our listeners. Oh, and by the way, let me just tell you. If you're listening to the show, check out, if you haven't seen it already, 100 Years in Fashion or 100 Years of James Bond. Mode Media made those videos, and they're really spectacular. So, And that's just one of the things that they do. But Cheryl, can you tell everybody a little bit about uh, what Mode Media does? Yes. Uh, Mode Media is a digital lifestyle publisher. Um, we're in the top 10 of U.S. media companies. Um, we work with the way that Mode works is it's a social platform, Mode.com, and we work with over 10,000 lifestyle creators um, who create content around channels, fashion, beauty, health and wellness, um, video channels, and, um, and men's lifestyle channels too. And so we work with 10,000 creators, and then we have a team of professional editors here at Mode who curate the content into different stories and around different tent poles. And so users then get smart content, you know, the content that they're interested in delivered to them in their feed. And the more that the users interact, the more specific we can get the content that they want to see delivered straight to them. 
Um, and so in addition to working with 10,000 creators and our editorial team, we also produce our own original content like the 100 Years series that you were just referring to. So the 100 Years of Fashion series went viral last year. Um, and that is a series, like you said, we've done, I think the latest one this week is 100 Years of Men's Underwear. But we've done everything from 100 Years of Dinners to 100 Years of Nail Trends, 100 Years of um, women in film, 100 years of James, or 60 years of James Bond starring Hunter Pence. And since we launched the platform... Um, right, there, there the haven't been 100 years of James Bond, of course, right? <laughs> it was 60 years of James Bond with Hunter Pence from the um, Giants. That was, a, that was a very popular show, a very popular episode. And, and, you know, since we launched this platform with videos over a year, just over a year ago, the videos have had 2.6 billion views. Um, so there's a lot of interest in wow. the 100 Year series and also some of the other shows that we have running currently. And we work with we work with a diverse range of talent. So last week we launched Jessica Alba, What's in My Top Drawer. We work with Olivia Culpo, Dita Von Teese, um, and a lot of Internet stars. You know, we work with some great talent. It's my Ray Ray and some amazing people that are working online as well. So um, we work with those creators for our own for our own videos, but also we are really a content marketing engine. We work with advertisers, you know, to create highly customized campaigns on mode. So we very naturally weave branded content into the content that's on mode so that the user gets a very beautiful, very homogenous, very stylized experience with very naturally served um, advertising in the form of branded content or branded entertainment. And so we will work with those with those with our advertisers on everything from creating original video to creator activation campaigns. So we might go out for a, a a customer and say, "Hey, you know, we need ten creators to activate around a particular theme or a particular seasonal event." And so we help advertisers by putting together these packages that are very native, very natural, and, and, and seamlessly blend into mode. And, you know, we work with all kinds of advertisers, Target, Walmart, ConAgra, who has, you know, Orville Redenbacher and Snack Pack brands. We've worked with Chevy on some amazing videos for Traverse car, um, cars. We've worked with Olay and Capital Records. And, you know, one of the things I'd say is in this day and age of marketing, it's great to see both B2B and B2C brands embrace content marketing um, and, and branded content and branded entertainment as a way of not just reaching their audience, but also growing new audiences online. Yeah, it is great to see. That. And, and I, I, I have to tell you that some of the campaigns that you've done, the, the Olay one, the Redenbacher one, uh, it's, uh, it's really high-quality content that people – enjoy watching. It's just really a good experience to, to be immersed in, in, in that world that you build around these brands. So I want to encourage our listeners to go to mode.com and you can check out some of this content. And Cheryl, if folks are interested in talking to you more about this or if they want to learn more about what Mode can do from them, what's the best way for people to reach you? Yes, hit me up. It's Cheryl S at mode.com. All right, groovy. Okay, that was good stuff. We're going to take a quick break now, and when we come back, I'm going to have both Linda and Cheryl together. Stay with us. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your marketing going? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Not so good. What could you be doing wrong? You spent a lot of time and money on your marketing, tried to follow what other successful people are doing, and yet your business marketing plan is still coming up short. Try something new. Tune into Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing, with host Jackie McClinigan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It just might work for you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Marketing at Lightspeed program here on Voice America. It's wonderful to have you with us. We've had two really, I have to say, terrific guests. Linda Musgrove from AARP and Cheryl Seitz from Mode Media have been with us, and we've been chatting for the last 45 minutes or so. And uh, I thank you again uh, to both of you for for being with me, and we're going to use this last segment. I think I wanted to have a little dialogue with the three of us, and I wanted to start by asking both of you, and maybe Cheryl, you go first on this one, about brand authenticity. And I know that with branded content, that's something you're probably thinking about a lot. How can brands create content that is authentic and, and still is believable to, to the viewers? So, yeah, I think a, a few, there's a few things that brands can do. I think one of the main ones is, you know, ditch authenticity as a brand attribute. You know, don't say you're authentic. Act authentic. You know, right, be real. Right. If you have to um, say it, you're probably not, right? Exactly, exactly. If you have to say it, you're probably not. You know, be creative and, and be on brand without having to say that you're authentic. Um, the other, the second one I would say is, you know, really think about and, and use content marketing as a core communi- communication strategy. Like I said before, we're seeing more B2B brands use content marketing along with B2C brands. And, that, you know, you, the value in having, you know, real people advocate for brands um, is invaluable. 
Um, and the other one I'd probably say to be an authentic brand is, you know, go beyond your comfort zone. You know, encourage, bring people along with you. Don't try to dictate, you know, or sell hard to people. And that's why I think brand and entertainment work so well because people these days are more open to being sold to, you know, in, in, in a softer sell essentially, you know, understanding the consumer dynamics that are coming out now and how people are, you know, how behavioral patterns are changing and how online affects that is really important as brands, you know, take a position of being real online. I think that's, that's really important. And you know what I have found, and Linda, I want to get your opinion on this, but I have found that when brands have a human voice, when you know that there's a person behind, whether that's that Twitter feed or that ad that you saw or that PR campaign or whatever the, the marketing is, but when you feel like there's a real person behind it, it feels much more genuine and authentic than a faceless conglomerate behemoth just marketing their widgets. And th- that's really struck me more than once. Uh, Linda, whether it's at AARP or Vanali or, you know, we haven't talked about Vanali at all, but I have to mention it, but that or, or, or Trader Helper or the, or the various things that you've done, have you found it ever to be a, a struggle to help with, with that authenticity for brands? I, I don't feel that, I've, that I have, and um, I have a couple of things that I always keep front and center um, as we're working on um, authenticity, and, you know, those, those things are, you know, be emotional and um, allow your brand to have a voice that sounds familiar to your demographic and um, be empathetic, you know, understand your customers, the golden rule. Um, and then forget about ROI. They never help the brand. The words are what count here. Those are my top three. Cheryl, you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I do. That resonates. I, I was hoping you would say no, as a matter of fact, that's garbage. You know, I, I'm always trying to get my guests to get into a fight, but um, so far, everyone's just, <laughs> just been very, very friendly and polite. So uh, I'm trying to spark up something here. So um, help me out, okay? Uh, okay, so uh, here's... Okay, uh, we can be more dissenting. <laughs> I, I want a, yeah, um, I want a, a full pillow fight to happen here. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about, now this, is, this show is about marketing and PR is one discipline of it, but it happens to be the discipline that that I'm in. And so I I come back to it. And I've been doing PR for about 20 years. And I would love to hear from both of you, and I think our listeners might, if you're a a part of a PR agency, how can you better service clients? What, what are things that, that agencies or, or individual practitioners can do to, to make the working relationship better? Uh, either one of you want to weigh in on that? Um, I have a suggestion. Um, being that I come from the trade show world and had trade show feature for a while going there, um, one of the areas where I can suggest an improvement would be with trade shows. And, you know, you can think about it. Um, clients bring in PR and marketing firms as experts for messaging and branding and so on. But, you know, look to trade show experts. They should be leveraged when exhibiting. Um, you know, just as in, in PR and marketing, trade shows have so many nuances and ways to shine. 
And if it's not a core competency of the PR marketing firm, many opportunities could be overlooked. So what's the recommendation? I mean, if I'm a PR person, what should I do with, with, uh, with my client to improve that relationship? Um, well, I would work with some of the experts in the industry. So mm-hmm. looking at some of the trade show experts that are in the industry, um, some that I've worked with in the past are Susan Friedman. Um, another one is Candy Adams, uh, the booth mom, <laughs> and the trade show coach. So that's what their names are. Um, you know, and oh, were these your were those your competitors when you were the trade show helper? Yes, they were my competitors. But we were friendly competitors. <laughs> so <laughs> we could you say, traded leads. Give them the give the. Could you just give the um. I think people will be interested in that. Could you just say the names of those companies again so people can, can, can catch it? Sure. Susan Friedman, the trade show coach, and Candy Adams, the booth mom. All right. There's, there's a lot of other great trade show experts out there, of course, but those are two very prominent um, experts in the trade show industry. All right. I'm going to have to look into them myself. Um, I do a lot of this stuff, so that's interesting. Uh, Cheryl, I want to ask you the same question. Are there things that PR people, you know, like myself, do that you just wish we would stop or, or things that you wish we would do to, to do our jobs better? I think one of the hardest... So, first of all, I think marketing is a team sport. I, I always have, whether I was on the client side or the agency side. And I think there's things on both sides that you can do to help keep tight communication, which I think one of the hardest things for an agency is to be under the skin of a client's business when the client is moving, moving so fast. Um, and so I think the in-house team has a big responsibility to make sure they are preparing their agencies as much as possible and in a timely fa- as timely fashion as possible to help the agencies be armed to do their job the best. And from the agency side, you know, I think agencies really, you know, they need to invest in team members spending time with the client and really understanding the client's business because they will do their best work when they're under the skin of the business. That's one thing. That's good advice, and and that's something that I I wish more of my clients would do, frankly. And and with both of you, it's been good to be able to spend personal time and, and get that kind of, you both very transparent, so that's great. But yeah, some, some I mean, productivity so tools. I know in our own relationship with, with your agency, Ethan, we're working with Trello. I work with Slack with some of my startups. I, I live and die by Evernote in my own li- life to bring together my personal and business lives, you know, on my phone and my computer and stuff. But I think definitely productivity tools. There's great tools out there that can help agencies um, and clients stay aligned in real time. I'm glad you mentioned that. And by the way, for those of you who are interested in learning more about those tools, like Cheryl just mentioned, Trello and, and Slack and things like that, uh, we did a whole show on that. That was two episodes back. So go to iTunes and, and you can listen to that one. But I, I am a big fan of using those kinds of collaboration tools. And if you're a listener and you know one that you want to recommend, especially when it comes to the marketing world, uh, please let us know. Uh, I, I think really, we have time I, for... I really like Asana. Um, Asana. That's the one that, that I use. Yeah. My team uses that one. And it's great because we've, we collaborate so well, we've cut down our meetings, like, in half, at least in half. 
and you know it, it, it's just been great. All right, uh, what is that? E S A N A, right? A S A N A. A S A N A. Thank you. I'm glad glad I had you do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got time for about a 60 second answer to this question. So whoever wants to take this, but my question is. Is, is advertising going to be supplanted by editorial coverage? So, for example, I noticed that in some of the advertising trades, even the, the ad agencies aren't advertising in them. So uh, whoever wants to answer it, but is there a future for traditional advertising, print and TV as we know it, or is it all being supplanted by this, more, this new kind of content marketing and things like that? In my opinion, there's still a distinction between editorial and advertising, even in the realm of content marketing. Yeah. Yeah, there's still a place for it, right? It's, it's, you're still going to need that. There's still going to be times, I would imagine, that uh, there's always going to be a place for that, Cheryl, you think? I mean, at least as long yeah, as we're alive, right? Yeah, even if you're looking at, you know, announcing things that, that make, you know, M&A or research and data points or things like that that are very, you know, news-based and less entertainment-based. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me, uh, I just want to close with this. When I spoke about tools two weeks ago, the one thing I recommended that everybody not do is use GoDaddy. You know how Seinfeld has his Newman and Superman has his Lex Luthor? Well, it turns out that, that my nemesis is GoDaddy. So if there's one thing that I would say don't do is that, and look, they had a Super Bowl ad, so there's the tie-in to what I was just asking. I figured, how bad could it be? Well, don't do it. Use WP Engine instead. That was another show. Uh, we're about out of time. I want to thank my, my guests, Cheryl Seitz, Linda Musgrove. You're both fantastic. Thank you for listening. This has been Ethan Raziel, and you've been listening to Marketing at Lightspeed. Have a good evening. for listening this week to Marketing at Lightspeed. Please join Ethan Raziel next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you improve your marketing one show at a time. 